TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Sports Radio 610 presents Seth Payne and Sean Pendergast. We coming to eighth time. Let's get to work in, man. Let's go. Hey, what's happening, everybody? Happy Monday to you. Happy Reaction Monday to all of you. Nice to be with you. Appreciate you getting up with us. Hope you had a great weekend. My name is Sean Pendergast. His name is Seth Payne. Seth, this was this was the bizarro version of last year's divisional round. Last year's divisional round, all the games came down to the last play, yeah. late field goals, overtime with Buffalo and Kansas City. It was amazing. Um, this was the opposite of that. This, this was, uh, yeah, I know. It was, even the close games were were kind of boring because everybody, damn, everybody around the league has gone conservative defensively and playing bend but don't break. And um, even when they have really good defensive performances, I, there aren't even hints of blown coverages or anything that can lead to great plays. There are a few here and there, but it was it was largely a whole lot of dinking and dunking. Yeah. Mahomes came out of that game uh, on Saturday and statistically, it had, like, with his bum ankle, had outperformed all of his season averages in a lot of ways. It was really, really a great performance. But it was also with Travis Kelsey catching 13 balls, at one point being, like, 10 receptions for 55 yards. But yes. they were, it feel, I felt like they were all for first downs. It was a whole lot of dinking and dunking. Dude, my one bet that I had on that game was Travis Kelsey over 81 and a half yards receiving. So I didn't have my app open or anything. I'm just watching the game. I'm not keeping track. I'm going. But by the time he got to like his seventh catch, I'm like, I got to be getting close to this, right? Yeah. No, like seven catches for 38 yards. <laughs> I'm like, holy. It's going to take him 20 catches for me to get my over. Holy smokes. That was, um, but it was, I mean, I, the high ankle sprain is a dicey one because as, uh, as Romo, one of the two or three salient points he made over the course of three and a half hours <laughs> yesterday, as, uh, Gene Steratore, by the way, if you notice, has become a third man in the booth there for the yeah, Cowboys. Yeah, like, like the, Romo is so clueless when it comes to anything involving the rules that they have to have Gene Steratore in there. there, almost like as a as a walker for him. Yes, all day long. So, um, <laughs> what were we talking about? Chiefs. Okay, Chiefs. so the high ankle sprain. The high ankle sprain on the day that you sustain it. Before all the swelling takes hold, you can hobble around on it a little bit. It gets dicey as the week goes on. And a lot of it just depends on how much swelling. I don't think the pain's going to be an issue for him. If there's a lot of pain, he'll play through it. But if he just can't function, if he's just got a club leg out there, it it could be ugly for him in the AFC Championship game. The odds makers appear to have accounted for that in the spread. Have you seen the spreads of the two games? I next saw weekend? that the everything's uh, vacillating. It, the the Chiefs were favorites, and then they dipped down to underdogs, and then they're they're back to one and a half point. Favorites. One and a half is yeah. what it sits at right now. Chiefs minus one and a half, which means on a neutral field. On a neutral field, the odds makers think Cincinnati is the better football team right now. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, that's either that's either Mahomes' ankle or and we can flip over to the Cincinnati Buffalo game yesterday, um, 
Or they just think Cincinnati's a better football team right now than Kansas City. The, the Cincinnati defense especially. The, okay, this is the big thing that I don't think you should draw too many conclusions from. I don't think that you should think that the Cincinnati defense is so incredibly awesome that it'll shut down Mahomes. I also don't think that you think should think that the, the Bengals' offensive line actually has a prayer or a clue in general. I think, yeah, it was a... It was a crazy weather circumstance that allowed them to play above their pay grade, I think. And 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 nothing more than that. Don't look too much into this and think like, oh wow. Woo, look at that. Max Sharping's an all pro now. It's uh <laughs> it's uh, they're on their way. That's so funny you say that. I got I just looked at my Twitter. I, I haven't opened my Twitter since like yesterday afternoon. <laughs> I tweeted at one point during the game, I'm like all I tweeted was Bill O'Brien let DJ Reader walk. Yeah, That's all that I part, tweeted. Yeah. And it got like 8 jillion likes, right? Someone replied, yeah, and Max Sharping, too. <laughs> I'm like, well, first of all, that's not true. They, Nick Casario cut Max Sharping. Uh, Bill O'Brien did not let him walk. Well, um, yeah. But, but to your point about the Bengals and the offensive line, yeah, I, no, I, I'm, I mean, I'm not ready to climb on board this group that did a pretty nice job yesterday. It's almost like, though, Seth, like their offensive line was bad as they came within three points of winning the Super Bowl last year. I almost feel like I can't even include... The yeah. fact that the Bengals are a negative in the offensive line is any sort of handicap against them right now. Joe, Bur- Joe Burrow just seems to operate pretty well with the knowledge that he's going to get a lot of pressure. You know, and that include although he's gotten better with this. That in- it included last year taking a lot of sacks. Mm-hmm. Um, he was so good yesterday, man. He was just he just. I mean, it was boring to watch at times, but man, he did just a really nice job of taking what the defense gave him all day long yesterday. The Bills and the Bengals both are two teams where you look at their offenses and you can't quite figure out why they're good. <laughs> I mean, a lot yeah. of it just has to do with a lot of it just has to do with the fact that their quarterbacks to play kind of above and beyond the playbook at times, and obviously the receivers make a difference. Um, Stefan Diggs was very upset for most of yesterday. Why was he, why was he angry? Well, you know how it goes. Lack of attention. He just <laughs> general, general neglect. Yeah, and I think... Uh, Diggs, you know Diggs has this in his bag. I think that'll be the, one of the big stories of the offseason is how is the disgruntlement of Stefan Diggs and how does, how does Sean McDermott work to... Uh, assuage it, I guess. I guess uh, you, uh, Josh Allen will be a big part of that. Because uh, when things are going well with the Bills, there's nothing but stories about the love affair between Stefan Diggs and Josh Allen. That's true. They're just bed, best but They asked the doctor to conjoin them. Yeah. They love each other so much. Yeah. And uh, But That's now, true. after the game, Stefan Diggs had to be coaxed back into the locker room, supposedly. Mm. And uh, it, it felt almost... I don't know about that story because just much like when Clowney was reported to have stormed out of the building and it was a big miscommunication, the Bills are saying, no, he was there for the post-game speech and, okay. and everything. Um, I'm starting to think he might be a bit of a front runner. Which is fine Hot as take. long as you're out front. Stephon, that's yeah. true. Yeah, I, That was one of the hard things for me to grasp uh, growing up. Like, you, you come out of college and you're still all piss and vinegar and, you know... God bless America and apple pie and all that. And then you start talking to dyed-in-the-wool old-school NFL types, grizzled guys, actual war veterans. They're like, yeah, I mean, uh, if a guy's a front-runner, he's a front-runner. Just be good. Like, that's your right, whole, yeah. Right. Like, don't be a crappy football team. Yeah. That's, uh, yeah, yeah. You're going to have to do, okay, and this, you know my complaint with a lot of NFL coaches these days. The modern whiz kid offensive or defensive guru, it's that, they don't actually have any leadership skills or any actual like head coaching ability. So when it comes to disgruntlement on their team, they fold up like lawn chairs. 
Being a really good head coach means that you, at any given time, should have three or four guys who are unbearably difficult to deal with because they're so disgruntled, but you just don't care. Right. You're just like, ah, it's like, uh, it's like a high school coach having to deal with parents. You're like, okay, oh, yeah, they're irate. Oh, no. Go to the school board. I don't care. I just take your complaints elsewhere. Johnny's not playing in the fourth quarter. He sucks. Yes. It's that kind of deal. So I think there are a lot of head coaches these days that were hired strictly because they are a good offensive coordinator or a defensive coordinator, but they have zero clue how to actually handle the people side of things. So this will be Sean McDermott's big challenge in the offseason. Um, in that respect, do you think D'Amico Ryans will do a good job at that I stuff? think he'll, yeah. I, uh, oh, I'll have some audio, audio a little bit later of okay. him talking about how you establish uh, how you establish a culture of physicality. Yes. Because it's interesting. You see, I don't know if a lot of people are aware of this. Sean Payton was once uh, found to have been the head coach of a team that was paying players money to injure other players. I remember That's how that. Sean Payton motivates guys to be good defensively. Money. Just money. Here's money. Go injure people. Uh, D'Amico Ryan uh, talks about establishing the tone in training camp, having training camps that are more physical than other guys around Ooh, the league. I and like yet, that. and yet D'Amico's players love him. Yeah. Which uh I mean, I thought I thought all these guys were too soft to practice told, hard. I've been told that a physical training camp is the equivalent of an NFL sweatshop. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like <laughs> That's what like, I've been led like to believe. You're a war criminal if you try to have a physical <laughs> I've training been camp. Led to believe these yeah. things. But meanwhile, D'Amico's up there and says, "You know, we have high expectations and you're just you see, I don't have to say too much. If you, you stick out like a sore thumb, if you're not being physical, let's uh, we'll get people updated on the latest with the head coaching search in the next segment. So, as far as the NFL playoffs go, and we'll dig more into that in detail at the bottom of the hour. The NFL playoffs, but if you're just waking up. Here's where we are: Kansas City hosting Cincinnati, a rematch of last season's AFC title game, and then it is Philadelphia will be hosting San Francisco. So we've got the one and the three in the AFC, and the one and the two. In the NFC, so these, I say these should be some good games. I, we all thought they were going to be good games this weekend, and the games were largely, uh, certainly compared to last year's divisional round, pretty boring. But um, but plenty of storylines coming out of it that we'll get to at the bottom of the hour. Uh, D'Amico Ryan's did interview with the Texans on Friday evening. Um, we will get to the latest. There's one bit of D'Amico Ryan's news that I think people are reading a little too much into, and we will tell you what that is as well. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. The clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. 
Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Sports Radio 610 presents Payne and Pendergast. I was uh, just talking about one of my one of my podcasts that I enjoy listening to. The the guys are. I, I was just thinking about how his producer is going to crush this guy uh, when his producer or not his producer, but his his uh, program director. Because I was listening to the podcast, he's like, uh, and then all of a sudden, uh, I'm enjoying it, and all of a sudden he says, "Hey, listen." We got a really, really long break coming up, and uh, just stick around, okay? Because it's a really long break, <laughs> dude. Which is ha- it happens in podcasts, so that's just like a radio one hundred and one thing. You kind of try to flow into the commercial break, yeah. and maybe you're you're so good that people are just enjoying listening, and they listen to all the ads. You don't want to advertise that they're about to be advertisements. <laughs> like the, the listeners are smart enough; they'll figure it on your own. Don't be like, hey, listen, what you're gonna want to do is fast forward here. Yeah. Uh, so pull over to the side of the road and just don't listen to the advertising. Right, right, right. Now you're at a restaurant. There's going to be a 15-minute fire drill right now. A fire alarm. Just hang out. Eat your appetizers. It's all good. Um, so D'Amico Ryans interviewed on Friday. Texans tweeted it out. Texans tweeted it out Friday night. I was getting a little nervous on Friday evening. I'm like, still haven't heard anything on the D'Amico front yet that this interview happened. You yeah. know, It came out pretty late. Um, you did, did he leak anything to Colin Cowherd? Did no, he leak, it? Did no. he leak Who anything? Who is D'Amico's media mouthpiece? Yeah. Has, my, uh, has my preferred head coach candidate leaked anything to his favorite media member yet? So, and then, so he can blurt out. Maybe we should seemingly- ask you. Maybe you're his favorite media <laughs> member. You never know. Um, the, uh, the new odds board is out. For what for what it's worth, which is why things. Sean's not doing a wink wink there or anything. No, I'm I stay, not. I'm not. I stay I'm not. sterile in these things. You I don't. Do. I stay. I try to stay away from things you as do. much. as Your possible. opinion still is that D'Amico is the best candidate for this job. Oh yes, but 100%. it's not because yeah. you're his mouthpiece. No, you just no. happen to think he's got good coaching chops. Yeah, he is the favorite right now on DraftKings at plus two fifty. Mm. He's overtaken Jonathan Gannon. So what's that mean? Like, is that a, does that mean two to one odds or two and a half to one? Two and a half to one. Two and a okay. half to one odds. Yeah, you. You feel like D'Amico is the guy and he's going to get the job. You throw a hundy down, so you're going to get two fitty back. So it's almost as good as a, a coin flip here. Uh, y- yeah. Like two to one would be a coin flip, right? Two, I'm going to bet on heads. That's two to one. No, no. What the hell? <laughs> Why? No, one to one is a coin flip. It's 50%. You know, oh, okay. you bet a hundred, you win a hundred. Don't act like that's an easy, simple thing. You're right. You you spit out this gambling jargon like everybody knows. What Two the hell's to going. one means you get double your money back. Oh, oh yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Wait, so if I'm betting on a coin flip, yeah, if I bet a coin flip, I'm like, hey, I bet you okay. ten dollars. It's okay. It's heads. Two to one means your profit is. $200. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. oh, oh, okay. Yeah, so yeah. one to one means if I give, if I bet you $10 on a coin flip, I get $10 plus my, my $10 back plus, plus 10. $10. Yeah, okay. yeah, exactly. Exactly. So I, I say all this to say, not to get too caught up in the numbers. D'Amico is believed in the betting community to be the favorite right now. Um, I, I, some of this, I, I think him being the favorite might be a little overblown. Um, we know nothing about how the interview went. We know nothing about what D'Amico Ryans is looking for in a coaching was, job. We only know that it went well. Okay. <laughs> but this is where this is the environment. Everybody, I mean, you hear a report that it went well, and you're like, okay, well, okay. Did you hear from both sides that it went well? I That's just, what I mean. Yeah. yeah, yeah, okay. If one side went and said it went well, then what does that mean? And who do, the, you, you don't really know what it means. Um, how much does a JJ Watt referral mean to the Texans? Do you think? I think it's uh, you. You add it onto the stack of positives. It's uh, I, and this is where I am with this. As far as D'Amico being a former Texans player and everything else, 
it's a cherry on top if he gets hired, but I don't think it should by any means be one of the crucial deciding factors. Yeah. Um, this is what JJ tweeted. Okay. As a rookie in Houston, I bought my first house across the street from D'Amico. Let me back up. JJ's rookie year was D'Amico's last year here. Mm-hmm. So they, they overlap by, by just one season. Um, and that was 2011 where there was no OTAs. There was no offseason, really. I, I don't know how much time JJ... Like oh, overall, because of the lockout. Because of the lockout, yeah. yeah. So I, I, like, I don't know. And D'Amico was coming off an injury that year, coming off an Achilles. So that J, to me, that J.J. tweeted this about D'Amico says even more just because they had a very strange one year together. Um, J.J. said this. As a rookie in Houston, I bought my first house across the street from D'Amico Ryans because if Miko thought it was the right place to live, it was the right place to live for me. Yeah. Captain, leader, smart, tough, personable. Crushed it as a DC, he will be a great head coach. Did you notice what JJ did there? He said smart, tough, and then I think he, I think he probably edited. It. He might have said smart, tough, dependable, and then he, and then he thought, oh, uh, I'll just do a different bubble. I can't read it's... smart and tough next to each other anymore and not cringe a little <laughs> smart, bit. Smart, tough, personable. Yeah, yeah, personable was good. It's a, tough, it's a good lesson. Smart, dependable guys. Right. Yeah, that's a, it's a good lesson for the kids, which is that if you if you want to achieve something in life. Find out the people who've done it before and just copy them. Yeah. And then you can add your own flair to it. But the template has been set already. And D'Amico has always been that kind of a guy. Brian Cushing would say the same things about D'Amico Ryans. Just he learned how to be a pro from him. And, you know, Wade Phillips came in and was running a 3-4. And it's not, not quite, you know, doesn't doesn't fit D'Amico's skill set as well. So it's um, it's... That's just the kind of guy he is. In a lot of ways, when I'm going around and looking for quotes about D'Amico Ryans, it's it's like if you read an obituary or you listen to a eulogy, you can tell the stuff where people are saying things dutifully. Where they're saying, "Yes, he was a he was a loving family man." And you're like, "Yeah, kind of." Yes, he was uh, he was active right. in the community. I mean, because yeah, because he wanted it on his resume. Uh, he was uh, he was liked by all. There's all that. It's a perfunctory eulogy. Yes. Versus there are the people who, when you hear their eulogy, you feel inspired to go out and live a better life. That'll be someday, like hopefully 128 years from now, because of advances in medical technology. The eulogy for Jamaica Ryan. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So. I, and I think there's a skepticism, in in rightly so, because look, NFL Films and ESPN, everybody is always putting out awesome pieces about how awesome a dude is. I remember I remember reading a piece about Antonio Brown once, where I was like, "Wow, what a great story this kid!" I'm like, you know, they can do that for Antonio. You Brown. never know. So people are skeptical, and all I can say is, no, you got to understand, this is the real deal. This is like the idealized, mythological version of the all-American kid that's polite to his elders, but like a just a a, a, a a vicious assassin on the football field, and all of these things. Like he does it. He ticks off every box when it comes to genuine natural leadership what kind of staff do you think he'll put together if, when, when he gets hired eventually uh whether it's here or what, anywhere like in what capacity what do you mean i i don't know i mean style like about sti- humans mostly no no yeah. style offensively yeah. mix of experience will he will there if he comes here especially will there be some texan guys do you think could could we see some guys get get pulled yeah, in here yeah, that, that yeah. fans might get excited about I, that kind of thing well i think offensively because that's a big question if you look at I mean, look at okay, maybe maybe Josh Allen, if Brian Dayball and Mike Kafka were still around, would be a different guy yesterday because um, they've got a defensive-minded head coach. That's the big the big concern in hiring a defensive guy is that you're going to have to keep cycling through offensive coordinators. I think that Pittsburgh, in a lot of ways, has 
had been doing it the right way. I don't know what's going on lately, but just in having like Bruce Arians as an offensive coordinator um, or or even um, Todd Haley at one point, take you take guys who are offensive coordinators and maybe have established that they're not necessarily head coaches, and there are enough of those guys out there that you can keep those guys around, even if they're just on staff as consultants. But he also has a lot of experience, D'Amico does, in A, as a player, he was practicing against uh, a Kubiak offense the entire time. And like Matt Schaub will tell you, he was just constantly asking them questions about why you're doing this, why you check into this, what's going on here. Like learning the Kubiak offense, basically. As a coach now, he's been practicing against the Kubiak-Shanahan offense and you know, having those same conversations, sitting in personnel meetings, doing all those kinds of things. I think he brings in somebody from that school. And and the big thing is, I think because he is so well-liked and admired and because he's been in that Kubiak-Shanahan school for so long, he's going to have a very good feel for who the, the bright kids are coming up through the pipeline. Yeah, and I And I wonder also if Shanahan... Who, like the guys in his coaching tree and in the Kubiak coaching tree, have had pretty good relative success. There have been, I mean, you know, if you, if you count it by championships, whatever. But compared to the Belichick tree, it's it's ridiculous um, how much better they are. I think that Shanahan may just cultivate these guys better and just spend more time talking about a lot of the things that you have to do as a head coach that are above and beyond scheme. It's just, it's, there's a whole lot of administrative stuff. I wonder, you mentioned Kubiak's name there a few times. I wonder, Kubiak's got a son who's on the 49ers staff. Clay. Clay is an assistant quarterbacks coach. I'm not saying making the OC or anything, or maybe, I don't know. Maybe, I mean, D'Amico would know better than we do. And I'm probably putting the cart ahead of the horse a little bit here as I envision what the staff might look like. I do wonder if they hired D'Amico here, if Kubiak himself, Gary Kubiak, comes back in some sort of capacity where he's not working 18-hour days. A consultant yeah. for the team, well, somebody a, to bounce yeah. things off of, that and, kind of and thing. And a lot of those guys are, I mean, that's what they do. I mean, the, the, the Broncos last year, well, when Everett, Ijiro, Ijiro, Everett, Ijiro, 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 man. Yeah. The J and then the V. Ijiro, Ivero came in. He was a first-year defensive coordinator in Denver last year, and they had a really good defense. Dom Capers was a senior consultant yeah. and, and worked like with him. Yeah, it's like, a, and it, like the assistant head coach, when it's done the right way, is a guy who's actually a consultant for a younger guy. Right. And I think you do that with, with whomever. And it, it's a guy that'll stick around and maybe be, you know, yeah, yeah. Kubi, Gary would Kubiak's be de- do it from his ranch. I don't care. Come in on Zoom and take a look at what they're doing offensively. Yeah. Just another set of very educated eyes. All right. Um, what if Zoom like, or what if Kubiak like in his in his elder years becomes like a like a hard ass like um, like a guy the guy that comes in to rip everybody a new one. He just changes his personality. Are we completely. back to Clint Eastwood and Grand Torino again? Yeah, yeah. This week? <laughs> no, I'm thinking of. Uh, <laughs> we had Gary here. He used to be really nice. Now he's thinking, telling everybody to get off of his lawn. I'm thinking of Alec Baldwin and Glenn Gary, Glenn yes. Ross. <laughs> yeah, coffee's for closers, there, kid. Yeah. Uh, all right. Um, NFL playoffs. Uh, we will not get a neutral site. Uh, AFC Boo! title game. Unfortunately, Boo! I know I was so ready for Kansas City to whine Joe about Burrow. that this week. Joe Burrow was Joe Burrow contributed to more boringness when in his post game interview he he gave like a bunch of one liners as his post game interview. Middle screen had a tweet about the Jacksonville loss to Kansas City, yeah. comparing it to the Texans loss to Kansas City 
two years or three years oh, okay. ago. Yeah. I want to see if you agree with his take on this. Comparing those two games, the Jacksonville loss on Saturday to the Texans blowing a 24-0 lead. We'll dig into observations from all four of the playoff games this weekend. Live from the Twin Peaks studios, Sports Radio 610 presents Payne and Pendergast. All right, real quick, because um, I failed to pay off on the tease in the previous segment. You, you people have to bear with me today. Yesterday was my birthday. There's his birthday. He's 42 years old. I'm 40, I had a bartender at, uh, at uh, one of the bars we went to, guess 42 years old. That's, if you factor in five years for being nice... Yeah. <laughs> I choose to believe she thinks I'm 47. Oh, did you, did, uh, yeah. Ross, uh, Ross <laughs> Tucker says I sound younger. I guess that's a good thing. So, anyways, yeah, that's yeah. all I really. Ross care calls about. you a plumber, though. Too. What, he does. Yeah, he did. Well, it's you know, it's radio. So, did you? Um, did you? Just look, sorry, I'm. I got distracted. I'm looking at the picture of that plane that crashed. Uh, oh, right in the highway way. up in Tomball. Yeah. Apparently the 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 pilot was fine. <laughs> Dude, we're about to go three layers deep from the tease I was about to pay off. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we're on an airplane where I'm me getting drunk. We're at Seth ridiculing that somebody guessed I was 42 yesterday. Well, because she's uh, somebody that works for tips. She does. She, thing, she, you know? she does. And, and, and I didn't ask. Did you? Uh... I didn't I didn't demand she do that. She asked me, how old are you? And then and then I got a lap dance from a stripper who's working on her PhD. She was. <laughs> yeah, she was getting a law degree. She told me. <laughs> she said I was handsome. Um, yeah, so pay uh, off on the tease. The, but the, the tease. Uh, D'Amico Ryans. Um, people were making a big deal yesterday that he had canceled interviews with the Cardinals and the Colts mm-hmm. on Friday. Um, I had seen that because that was the headline. D'Amico Ryans cancels interviews with Cards and Colts, performed his interviews with the Broncos and the Texans, and people going, oh, okay. It must have gone really well with either the Broncos or the Texans. It could be. I've not read the reason why other than, he had a game to get ready for. Right, that's right. a lot of interviews to do in one day. Yeah, and I think too, if the if the Texans one went a little bit long, uh, then I, I could totally see D'Amico. And I'm not even just saying this as like, oh, because D'Amico's a saint, uh, although he is. I think that it could easily be just anybody in that situation would say, all right, well, look, I do have a finite amount of time to prepare for this really big game, and I can't. I can't just let I can't let things spiral out of control here. So I would imagine he'll meet with those teams this week. Nobody seems to be in a hurry. Uh, not like it used to be where guys are getting snatched up immediately in yeah. January. Everything like last year, the first hire was made on the twenty seventh of January. So will there be a hire announced this week? Perhaps, but between this week and next week is probably when most of it will happen. Well, three of the prime candidates are playing or coaching in the NFC title game yeah. for the Texans and around the league. Steichen, Gannon, D'Amico is the prime candidate out there. Him and Sean Payton, it seems like. The coordinator bowl between the Eagles and the Giants. <laughs> that was a romp. Ended up <laughs> Poor being, Kafka. I know, yeah, Kafka. <laughs> If it was a, if this was going to be a battle royale where those three coordinators were gonna, uh, one of them was gonna emerge from that game and then they would face off with D'Amico Ryan's. Sean Payton is dead to me, so um, I think that uh, Kafka is definitely out. He got thrown over the top rope. I yeah. guess Steichen. You don't you don't put a decision on Steichen and Gannon until after this week. Probably not. You, as far as like who's winning, like based on the playoffs, yeah. who looks the best? Yeah, yeah. I mean, they both looked amazing on sa- on uh, Saturday. Well, the the only one that got a, a a big huge viral kudo from his head coach though, which we'll get to at seven o'clock, uh, was Jonathan Gannon. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, 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 Sirianni. Yeah, went to went to war for Jonathan Gannon against talk radio. 
Oh, against on, Talk Radio? On, on, on Saturday, yeah. He's well, got a lot of guts this Syriani guy he does. does. Yeah. He does. Well, it's, a lot of he, times guys, a lot of guys like sometimes with Italian last names think that they're yeah. tougher than they are. They're like, listen, no, 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 no. You're either, like, if you are well, tough, you might be a specific kind of tough, but don't act like one of these kids from Long Island who thinks it just because you're, you've got an Italian last name well, that you're Tony Soprano all of a sudden. He's going after a fellow Italian, it would appear. Oh, oh. Angelo Cataldi. A made man. Oh. The made guy. Sirianni definitely is that kid from like the suburbs of New Jersey or something. He doesn't even know what he's up against. He's going to get his teeth kicked. Yeah. In. Yep. He's going to get his, he's going to get curb stomped. Shows, shows up at some club on the Jersey shore with a, with a tank top on and thinks that he's a, he's chest bumping yeah. Cataldi. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We'll get to that at the top of the hour. Okay. Um, the NFL playoffs. So yeah. So, so anyways, quickly, D'Amico canceled those interviews, but it's not clear that he did it because Things went so great with the Broncos and the Texans. As far as the playoffs go, middle screen, our friend Tom Middlescreen, um, tweeted this at me on Saturday, just tweeting about that Kansas City-Jacksonville game. He said this, Seth, because Jacksonville lost to a one-legged Mahomes. We know that. By the way, one-legged Mahomes would be like third or fourth on my fantasy rankings for next year. Yeah. He was really good on one leg. Oh, hey, real quick. Um, it's just to clear one more thing up about because this was a this was a, somebody tweeted something that was kind of hard to read yesterday. So there's this huge rumor that um, that uh, that that dude, what's, I, what's wrong with us today? <laughs> My God, dude, <sighs> the D'Amico was going to schedule on oh, the day of the game. Yeah. That was false. Okay, that was just an internet rumor by a bunch of people that misinterpreted a tweet. So uh, Debunked. Yeah, it was not. He didn't cancel them because they were scheduled for Sunday morning. Unless I got debunked on a debunking right. and that I'm uh, mistaken. But um, Here's what middle screen, circling back to the NFL playoffs here. All right, so the early game on Saturday was Kansas City and Jacksonville. Kansas City won that game 27-20. to Mahomes was basically hobbled for the entire game and was out for a big chunk of the first half. Chad Henney came in. And led a 98-yard drive for a touchdown, which I would imagine that'd be one of the things they're talking about in Jacksonville today, giving up a 98-yard drive to a backup quarterback. Here's what Middle Screen tweeted. Losing to this version of Mahomes is worse than losing after being up 24-0. Without question, this is a worse loss for the Jags. You think Middle Screen's being serious about that? Uh, is that a worse loss? You get Patrick Mahomes on one was, leg. Yeah. I, I don't think so. I think that there were a lot of issues. I think both, you know what, both the Giants and the Jaguars were teams that were just simply outclassed in the playoffs. Those are teams that aren't ready to actually be there yet. I mean, I mean well, they are. It's an expanded playoff field. So, and the Jags did win the division. Yeah. But just much like Tampa Bay, there are a bunch of fraudulent teams in the playoffs this year. Like there are every year. But those, those are the teams this year. The Giants clearly... Uh, are limited in a lot of respects, especially, I shouldn't say especially a quarterback, but Daniel Jones is not, uh, he's not the man. Um, he is not. But I think with the Jaguars, I think it's easier to look and say, all right, well, look, okay, we got to add, we got to add another weapon at wide receiver. I mean, with Christian Kirk, Christian Kirk should be a really good number two. Um, or at the very least, you should have another number two like guy and add him in addition to somebody else. But they're just, um, they're just not quite there yet. A number one receiver makes that deep ball catch that Kirk, yeah. I think, should have caught should have in the first in. half. Yeah. A number one yeah. wide receiver should catch that ball. Yeah, yeah. And that that would have that would have changed the complexion of that game. Yeah. Uh, early on, that would have been a big hit downfield for Trevor Lawrence. I'll say this about Middle Screen's tweet to us here, Tom Middle Screen. Um, again, losing to this version of Mahomes yeah. is worse than losing. After being up 24 nothing, without question, this is a worse loss for the Jags. 
I would say this. Yes, the 24-0 lead the Texans built in that game three years ago was kind of phony. There was a block punt for a touchdown. There was a really short field for a touchdown. There was a touchdown. Kid, The first touchdown of the game was Kenny Stills on a sluggo route that they just blew the coverage, and they hit a 50-yard. It was a lot of stuff that was not going to be sustainable for the Texans. Texans is worse because they were losing at halftime. They were up 24-0, and they were trailing by halftime of that game. Yeah, the Jaguars were... Still in that game with a puncher's chance until that Agnew fumble. Yes. That Agnew fumble is what just... That was huge. They were, but they were coming back and not... Like, at that point, Trevor Lawrence was looking a lot like a Josh Allen when things were going well for the Bills, which yeah. is... He was, he was doing a lot of it single-handedly. His receivers... Going back to the receivers... Like, how many times did those guys were dropping screens? Yes. Like, easy screens. Like, easiest, well-thrown screens. Not too much pepper on the ball or anything. And then that Agnew fumble, which was unfortunate because Agnew had had a hell of a day as a returner. Um, he did. And yet, like, those are the things that, that compound. The other thing about that Kansas City game that went exactly the way you should have expected it, even with Mahomes on one leg, is that the, the Jaguars have been just god-awful versus tight ends. So... The fact, that, the fact that Kelsey got just about 50% of the targets. I believe it was over 50% of the targets and almost 50% of the receptions in that game. That would be the frustrating part is that you, you could have foreseen exactly how they were going to attack you, and there's just nothing you could do about it because they just went after your linebackers. God, you're, you're, you are, your big observation on the weekend is so on point with the style. This, it's not just the margins of victory in these games. This yeah. was just... This was not nearly as thrilling a ride as last year's divisional round. It's hard to top last year. I mean, last year, every game was an all-timer. Every every game was literally a field goal game other than Kansas City-Buffalo, which was a walk-off touchdown in overtime. So they were four amazing games. But it wasn't just the final scores of these games. You're right. Stylistically, it was Kansas City. I mean, Travis Kelsey had like 13 catches for 90 yards. Uh, Joe Burrow, was the Bengals manhandled the Bills, but it wasn't a... Like, they didn't dominate him. It was like Jamar Chase for nine yards, Joe Mixon for seven yards. It, yeah. was, a, it was getting eaten by carpenter oh, ants all okay. weekend long. 14 of the 27 receptions were tra- Travis Kelsey, which is fine, except that at one point he had 10 catches for 55 yards. He did. And he was bulldozing people for first downs. But it was just, it was a, a workman-like affair. It was like watching a Patriots offense in the non-2007 It wasn't fun. Year. If you didn't yeah. have a dog in the fight, it wasn't fun to watch. Yeah, yeah. You know? That's, um, I, I think the impressive thing about that game was, if you looked at Pat Mahomes at the beginning of the season, a guy that's a former MVP and has been a top quarterback this season, or for the past several seasons, had something to prove because he'd lost Tyreek Hill. Yeah. And if you look at that game specifically, once his ankle was taken out of the game, it became really about Pat Mahomes' brain. And he he had a few plays where he did a masterful job of anticipating blitz, adjusting the pass protection, and then just stretching things out just long enough. Like, I, I say some of those Travis Kelsey receptions, they looked boring, but a lot of them were masterful in the, the communication and the relationship between Mahomes and Kelsey and how Mahomes kept the play going for just long enough for Kelsey to sell his route just long enough yeah. and then slip into a void. Yep. Like that part was really cool to watch and see. I mean it wasn't it wasn't fireworks, but that was that was the game right there where I could say, all right, yeah, Mahomes has entered that Brady yes, zone. Yes. He's just he's at a different level mentally now too. Yeah. And it, it wasn't always that way. Yep, yep, definitely. I, I 
it not not as fun to watch if you just don't have a dog in the fight. But yeah, their job is to win the game, and they did an incredible job. The other game on Saturday, we'd not touch much on this one, but we probably should, and we'll get more to Jonathan Gannon and Nick Sirianni, the head coach of the Eagles, taking up for Gannon. We'll do that at the top of the hour. Some amazing audio you're going to hear. Um, I was preparing for a barrage of Shane Steichen texts when we came in, and I've not gone back to Saturday's text. The text page refreshes after 24 hours, so whatever you sent in gushing about Shane Steichen yeah. is probably gone now, people. It's just, it's a, it's so, just zen exercise. So like you right. did a little, scalp, a little painting in the sand and then the waves washed exactly. away. Exa- yeah. Yes, it's exactly, it's exactly right. That's so what happens. Most of our listeners are like that. Very very peaceful, just at ease. I spend the weekend meditating. That's what I find when I'm out and about. You seem so peaceful, Sports Talk Radio <laughs> listener. Um, but uh, the Eagles, boy, I'm looking forward to this Eagles 49ers game. We're, we're going to get Steichen v. D'Amico Ryans. It was one thing to get Gannon versus Kafka. Yeah. Not a main event in any arena in the country, Mean Gene, but Steichen this v. Is, Ryans this weekend? Yeah, this is a genuine head-to-head. Kafka was like, let's, he's like one of those guys in wrestling that wears the plain trunks. You a know, jabroni. A jabroni, yeah. yeah. Enhancement uh, talent. Now, now, he might, like, they might end up hiring Kafka just if, you know, if they have to go down to like fourth or fifth on their list. So I'm, I'll, I, I'm, be careful. To, I'm willing to be surprised. <laughs> And yet, I'm skeptical of Kafka. Um, uh, yeah, the D'Amico Ryan's versus Shane Steichen. This is a, this is a main and event it, anywhere in the country. It's interesting because I think there's this tendency to say, "Well, how much can you tell about either of the Eagles' coordinators because they're just so stacked with talent?" I, I'll remind everybody that nobody was sold on Jalen Hurts. Well, I, I guess either I think there are a lot of people that were like stumping for Jalen Hurts, but I don't think there were that many people that were sold, sold on Jalen Hurts. He's a quarterback that 32 teams passed on. Right, 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 right. And he had limitations as a passer, but obviously he has has all the physical skills and a good enough arm, but then also whatever that it factor is that's just so intriguing. There's just something about the guy that's, he's like a resoundingly good dude. (laughs) You just never know exactly how to quantify that. Um, Steichen has gotten the absolute most out of him, and he also did it with a different style of quarterback in Justin Herbert, who, you know, frankly, a lot of Justin Herbert's career arc since Shane Steichen left after Herbert's rookie year has been kind of like, huh, I thought he was going to be better than this at yeah, this point. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I, I mean, they added some stuff around. I thought he's going to be better. So Steichen is, um, is, a, is a pure offensive coordinator. He would be my choice is uh, D'Amico Ryans has the complete and total package. Yes. I feel like D'Amico has more demonstrated leadership ability. And I think D'Amico will put a good staff together. I think people are going to want to coach with him. I think he'll be, I think he'll be a, a great salesperson for assistant coaches and for free agents coming to town. I think I was about to say D'Amico should just uh, D'Amico should take the job at a discount and then offer to pay uh, Steichen, like whatever he's making. So he'll be the highest paid coordinator in the league, but you can't make a lateral move. Well, like I, yeah. I texted you this. On Saturday, during that Eagles game, I said the baller move would be to hire Shane Steichen and then have the Texans double whatever Jeff Stoutland's salary is to come be the offensive to line bring coach. The, oh, yeah, yeah. He's you, under contract, he, though, too. He, that, that's fine. You Pay can't. off the Eagles. Trade it. How baller oh, oh, would that to be? Make, oh, to, to make him the offensive coordinator. Well, well, to whatever. To, to just get him in Stoutland the building. To the offensive coordinator. To get him, get him in the building. Yeah. I, I, I meant his old line coach, but yeah. whatever. That dude is... A great offensive line coach. He was his first year as offensive line coach. I was a junior at Cornell, and okay. he didn't know what he was doing. 
It was it was crazy. He it was on the staff at Cornell. Yeah, he had been yeah, a defensive coach. He was yeah. a linebacker in college, and then he was a defensive coordinator, and he came, and his first so, year coaching offensive line was at Cornell. So if someone had told you back in, like, what was that probably then, like 95 or something yeah. like that, uh, that this guy is going to be the gold standard for offensive line coaches. I, I wouldn't have been, like, I mean, obviously that's a pretty lofty right. thing to put on anybody. Sure. But I wouldn't. it wouldn't have been a huge surprise because he was, like, he was obsessive and, like, and, and there's a guy – who just absolutely loved his players. But he's very, like, at the time, he was rough around the edges. Like, when he got up to give a speech at the banquet uh, to give the Best Offensive Lineman Award to um, to uh, Gilkinson, one of the senior offensive linemen, and he got so emotionally caught up that he couldn't finish the speech. Wow. Like he was like stammering. That's an old line. That he coach couldn't right finish there. the speech. Yeah. yeah. And, and he was doing it kind of herky jerky, like in monosyllabic fragments of words. But, um, but he just loved his guys so much. He's and real. was so passionate about it. Yeah. yeah. But he, yeah, he definitely didn't know much about offensive line at that point. Yeah. But he just threw himself into it. Yep. Now he's, now he's a legend. Yeah. To, you, to your point, you would have to probably make him the OC if you were going to steal him. Cause right. they have to, they have to, yeah, you you can only steal people under contract if you're promoting them to a better job. Yeah, yeah bring him here. Let's Stike and call the plays, give him the OC title, and let's get this old line coached up, and let's get our offense looking a lot like this Eagles offense. That would be fun. Speaking of the Eagles, speaking of Jonathan Gannon, uh, a lot of the coach, a couple of the coaches that are in the running for the Texans, D'Amico Ryan's got a nice reference from JJ Watt on Twitter. Jonathan Gannon got about as positive a reference in the post game press conference from Nick Sirianni as you can get, and in the process. Nick Sirianni went after one of the great institutions in American, in the tapestry of Americana, Sports Talk Radio. You will hear that next. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. Back clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You said my world on and podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 